what's up, friends? Welcome to Rescue Your Own Damn Self, the podcast, where each and every week we take an epic journey down our own magical yellow brick road with kick-ass guests sharing their silly stories, awesome analogies, fearless failures, tragic tumbles, empowering aha moments, courageous comebacks, and legendary or even laughable life lessons. I'm your host, Lori Mork. And I'm fired up and ready to show you that you were the fierce warrior, swinging the damn sword, slaying at life all along. It's time to rescue your own damn self. Amy Lenius is a multi-passionate entrepreneur. All of her passions are dedicated to supporting women's minds, bodies, and souls. She has a thriving health and wellness business, a podcast, and has done plenty of public speaking on women's health, which is her favorite. She has big plans for diving even deeper into the world of supporting women and their unheard needs in the future. Amy is a fierce advocate in raising the standards of what it means to feel healthy as a woman. She is dedicated to helping women go from hormonal hot messes, living in survival mode, to being in harmony with their internal and external environments. Focusing on health, happiness, and hormones, she gives women the guidance and tools they need to make small, consistent changes that lead to more vibrancy, alignment, and joy. Amy, welcome! Hi. How are you? I'm really well. Thank you. How are you? It's so good to see you. I've been off. I haven't been recording and I'm just here my first back. I'm so excited to be back on here and just, it's great. It's great to chat. And we're chatting about one of my favorite topics, actually a couple of my favorite topics today, all things women. I could sit and talk all day long, pour the wine. Let's talk about periods. Let's talk about hormones. Let's talk about vaginas. Let's talk about all of it. And there's a few other kind of ways we're going to go, but let's start first with who are you and why do you love talking about women as well? I knew you were my kind of woman. I love that we can have all these conversations so openly. I think there's such a need for that for women right now. So thank you so much for having me. My name is Amy. I love women's health and hormones for a multitude of reasons, mostly because of my health history and the things that I have gone through from a young girl to even in the last few years, fine tuning my health and what that looks like for me. When I was younger and getting my period and having that time of my life, it was very challenging. And I got to a space where I was like, you know what, maybe this is something a little more than just getting a period. Maybe it's a little extreme for me. Maybe I should go seek help. And I did. And I got met with a lot of, oh, congratulations, you're becoming a woman. These are just normal female problems. That one's my favorite. (laughs) And I felt very, I felt very disappointed. I felt unheard. I felt like I was broken. I felt like there was something wrong with me because I wasn't dealing as well with this time of life as a lot of the other young women around me. And so I suffered in silence for a while. And then it got to a point where it was so debilitating. I was having pain outside of having my period. My periods were a wreck and my PMS was a nightmare. (laughs) And so I got back into seeking help and asking questions and standing firm and not 
wanting to hear, you know what, this is just your life now, which I still was met with quite consistently. Like, this is your life now. You're a woman. Congratulations. It's not always going to be like this because then you hit something called menopause. And I was like, what (laughs) is happening? (laughs) You know, we're supposed to be able to celebrate us being women. And it gets met with these negatives as, you know, a part of who we are biologically. And so I kept being firm, kept being an advocate for myself and finally got to the bottom of it. I got diagnosed with endometriosis. So a chronic hormonal condition that deals with inflammation, progesterone levels, like you wouldn't believe like very low. And it was quite the journey from there. But what saddened me the most was once I had the diagnosis, I was actually met with comments of, well, you will have chronic pain for life. There's a good chance you won't be able to have children. You're going to need surgeries. You're absolutely not going to hit menopause naturally because we're going to have to give you a hysterectomy. And I was like 19, 20 when this happened. And to hear those things was detrimental because I always pictured being a mom. When people asked me when I was younger, what you want to be when you grow up, it was always a mom. Was it a male doctor telling you all of this stuff too? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And so there's no softness or gentleness to it at all. Oh, no, no. It was very straightforward. You probably won't be able to have children. And it was like on to the next thing. And I was like, blindsided by that. And so again, I, you know, wallowed for a little bit, gave what they were telling me a shot. I had a couple surgeries. I was put on a bunch of medications, which started making me very sick. And so I just, in my early twenties, got to a point of clarity where I was like, you know what? I need to stop. I need to get to know my body again. I need to know what's serving me and what isn't because I've been doing so many different things that I don't even know what's working or what my pain is even doing now. So I went off of everything. I stepped away from that system. I went off of everything and I just started learning my body again and what my condition was for me. And I dove into things like acupuncture and I went to a natural path, which was so, oh my gosh, what a beautiful experience to have someone talk to you about your hormone health. And they're not just talking to you about your bits you know, like, let's just focus on your uterus. It taught me so much about the holistic approach of what your hormone system really is. And so it just spiraled from there. I started detoxing my external environment, making sure I'm not taxing my hormone system with, you know, things that we use and products that we use. And it just became this beautiful, holistic experience that has led me to, you know, where I am now. Well, and it's interesting, you're younger than me, but, but endometriosis was very small. They were just starting. I had a friend in high school that mentioned it. Same thing told by a male doctor. You can't have kids, but you know, this happens sometimes, you know, it suck it up. It's common. It's normal. And then we didn't know that like BPAs and all the different detergents and deodorants and all the different things in the external environment back then that we know today. And it was funny, I was in the grocery store the other day and I was walking down the laundry detergent section. And I mean, I used to have to go to the health food store to get the laundry soap that didn't have all the crap in it. I had to pay killer prices. That was only maybe 10 years ago that I was doing that. Now there's not even normal Tide anymore. It's in a white bottle. It's got nothing added to it. Almost every single detergent now is saying the words free, clear, doesn't have this, doesn't have that, because they know people are demanding it now. You don't have to go to that specialty store now. People are looking in their external environments. They are. There's a beautiful awareness around that. And with that, though, has 
grown this huge industry of dishonesty as well. A lot of brands are putting more money into marketing and changing their label and changing from orange to white than changing the ingredients. So actually knowing what you're looking for and knowing what those endocrine disruptors are, are very important if you're looking to support your endocrine health, because you still have to look at the back because a lot of it's still in there. So it's called greenwashing. Is it regulated? No. So they can, I mean, we know some of the buzzwords, we know parabens, we know all the different, but we don't know some of the other stuff that we haven't come in, like, we know, BPAs. Mm Mm-hmm. Yes. And I mean, anything with fragrance in it, for example, fragrance is just a very fancy heading for a bunch of stuff that they don't have to tell you what's in it because it's a trade secret, right? So it's just chock full of ingredients that we're not even allowed to know what they are. And they are, they're very carcinogenic and very endocrine disrupting. Well, it's like when we did the sugar-free craze, sugar has like 17 different names. At least I think it's like, oh my gosh, I think it's in the fifties now names for sugar. And so, yeah, then everybody was having cane syrup and all these different things. And it's like, I think that's still sugar, but we, we were just looking for sugar. If there wasn't sugar in the label, we thought it was great. Yeah. And so now fast forward after you kind of really took charge of your health, what did you start to notice? What things did you start to do? Because you started to look at your external environment. What happened with the endometriosis? Fast forward to now I'm pain-free. So what happened in between there was learning to see my body as a community working together, not just piece by piece. It's not just your uterus. It's not just your liver. All of these things work together so beautifully. And at the time of my, you know, awakening of how I'm going to treat my body, I was also going through my registered massage therapy program as well. So I was learning about anatomy and physiology, dealing with my health journey as well. And so I just ended up learning so much about the human body that, I realized women are not taught about their bodies. We don't know these things. We don't know that if our gut health is off, it's going to affect our hormones. It's going to affect our stress. It's going to affect our immune system, which if our stress is affected, then it feeds back into affecting our hormones even more in our sleep. It's Your body is a beautiful machine of working together. It's a beautiful community. It's constantly trying to do what it can to be in a state of what's called homeostasis, your individual sense of balance, but it can only do so much if we're burdening it with so many things externally and not, you know, feeding it properly on the inside as well. And so learning to manage my stress, learning to prioritize my sleep, learning to make sure my gut was healthy and moving properly, right? We've got to make sure that shit's coming out, right? And my liver health and things and how it all combined. And as I was doing those things and implementing things like essential oils, proper supplements and cleaning up my environment, it was a journey for sure. But as I kept moving into these spaces and you know, stepping forward each time, my pain lessened. My periods became extremely manageable. I used to have a week of PMS and then a week of heavy, heavy period and pain and basically being debilitated. Well, you know, as well as I do, that women don't have time to be down half of a month every month. We don't have time for that kind of negativity. We're doing so many things. And the amount of things that women still do and push through and serve their families and things in these states is so, I mean, it's so badass. It's so beautiful. But my message now is that we don't have to do that. We don't have to accept that that's what our life is because that's what women are supposed to feel like. Just because it's common doesn't make it normal or okay. Well, we'll talk about the common and normal in a second. 
in other countries, when women have their periods or there are countries that this happens, you get to lay in bed and you do nothing and everyone serves you because you're the reproductive goddess and you're able to keep your stress low and you're able to have the hot water pads on you and you're able to bleed in silence and, and just sleep it off. And, and then you come to Canada and North America where you're a mom, you're a career woman, you're expected to make the brownies, you're expected to do the taxi driving, you're expect, your friends are expecting so much of you. Social media wants us to make sure that we're operating on all cylinders, like checking in every five minutes. We have to put on this front. And so we don't have time to be like, most of my clients have zero idea when their periods are coming. They have no time to map it out because I'll say to them, you're acting this way. Like, when is it due? And it's like, I don't know. I don't know when it came last. I don't care. I'm sure it's coming again. We don't have time to worry about it. So if it knocks us out, we're in trouble. Yes, absolutely. And I think, yes, what you're saying is very, very common. That's how women are running their lives. They're not running it from the perception of the cycle that is their body. They're running it from the perception of this is my external environment and what my body is doing. I just have to deal with because I don't have time to. When when we can switch that narrative of working with our cycles and when we need to be able to run and do creative things and when we need to slow down and be relaxed and then it actually helps create time. It creates less stress in our external environment. When we're serving ourselves and learning about ourselves and taking care of ourselves, it actually ripples out into our environment instead of it working the opposite way. I talk about that in in my book and in my coaching program, ruling your kingdom, which your kingdom is you. Mm -hmm. Hormones are a massive pillar in that. And if your hormones are out of balance and hormones can be period, adrenals, thyroid, all of that stuff, digestion, wellness, if that's out, it doesn't matter about fitness, physical fitness, moving your body, nutrition, mindset, career, none of that relationships. It throws every other area of your life out of whack sleep, stress, your time management. Like if you feel like crap, you're moving pretty slow. You're not, you're not rushing around to get life done. And it is probably one of the most, I mean, being a woman is important enough. Your hormones rule the world. They do. And when they're out of alignment, we're in trouble. Let's come back to common and normal. And I'll say common and normal. And I'm 46, so I always had the male doctors. And every time I would say about period cramps, first of all, you're telling an old man and you're 16 years old, which is just like, hang your head, what is happening? Remember the Midol pill, like the commercials? Like it was like that weird, awkward commercial that came on. It was kind of the only one that would talk about periods and like maybe a Tampax or like a maxi pad commercial. But the Midol commercials are what stated to all of us, it's going to be normal to have mood swings, have cramps, get bloated, feel like crap, be crying and weeping in a moment. This is PMS and it's going to happen once a month and it's normal and common. Then we fast forward to any time we take any hormonal disruption to a doctor, a male doctor, and usually in medical school, they take four hours of courses on female hormones. That's it. They're also telling us normal, common, suck it up. I've actually been told, suck it up. This happens to all women. Yep. Oh, the things that I have heard about my own body 
are appalling <laughs> in those moments. Absolutely. Which I think we, you know, as women need to come back to that, we know how we feel better than anybody else. We have to have the strength to be our own advocates in this moment because we know how we're feeling. We know what feels right for us and what doesn't. So diving back into that space of that self-care and understanding your own body and your kingdom is so, so important. But yes, hearing those things as normal, when in reality, if you're experiencing any of those things, that's actually your body telling you that you need help. Those are all little fire alarms going off, asking you to search for the fire. But instead, we're, you know, my dolling and we're doing these things that suppress the fire alarm. It's like putting a bandaid over the fire alarm, asking it to shut up when really we're not looking for the fire underneath. What's the root cause? Your headaches, your menstrual migraines, your bad cramps, your heavy periods, all of these things that are normal are actually signs of an imbalance. Well, and we we became almost embarrassed to be women. I, I talk about this in my book, like forget we say the word period. I had my period for years before I even told my mother, I would just went and bought stuff myself. It was almost like I was embarrassed, like, oh my gosh, I'm bleeding. This is, is terrible. We almost don't want to talk about it anymore. And I think we joke about it like, oh, I'm a mom. I don't have time. Nobody cares. You know, I, I'm, I won't complain. And we start to think those little things are normal. And what ends up happening is we're, we're in this mess, this shit storm of stuff going on with our bodies we're not really noticing anymore because we're trying to push it down. We don't want anybody to notice and we don't want to complain because, you know, it's common. Everybody else is probably dealing with it too. Mm -hmm. And then we don't, it's like, it's embarrassing to say you're in perimenopause and you have hot flashes and you're only 34. Yes. I guess yes, this is a huge thing is we're not I said that earlier, we're not being taught about our bodies. And what we are being taught is this stigma of what women's health should be. And then yes, we suppress it. We hide from it. We do our best to act like nothing's going on. We're even, I mean, some women feel like that whole part of their life is dirty and unclean and something that is not to be shared and not to even be recognized. And it's so backwards, which I actually am seeing a shift in that in women now. I do believe we're, we're starting to make that shift of making it a normal conversation. But I'm sure you've experienced this as well as you talk about this more. It's so beautiful to see women come up to you and say, oh my gosh, I feel so heard. Like I struggle with this as well. And I was always told that it was normal. And so the more we share our stories and the more we can normalize that kind of conversation, the more it's going to serve the world for women. And it trickles down. I mean, my children, my poor son, <laughs> but I have a teenage daughter and I mean, penises, vaginas, bleeding periods, you know, all of that stuff is such a topic. I mean, even now they have me blocked on social media because they're, they're just like, please stop talking about vaginas. Like, please stop being in your underwear on the internet. Like it's, but it's normal for them. It just would not be. Whereas my dad, if I had to ask him to ever go get me tampons, he probably would have like hid out. Like he would have left the town. <laughs> like it was, you just couldn't speak to a man about that. Whereas now I find we're all comfortable talking about it. It's not so taboo. Mm -hmm. It's not like oh, she has her aunt flow is in town. Like we can say the word period. Like it's not so scary. Yes. That's beautiful. And that's where we're going to see the shift in the next generation is at home. Right. And that's, oh my gosh, that's my biggest dream is that young girls coming up into this space are not embarrassed 
are not trying to hide it. And there are boys around you who are going to help her instead of like not understand or make fun or like I'm raising two boys as well. And they will absolutely understand what women's bodies do, (laughs) right? And the importance of that. Well, and you just said it, you're raising two boys, having been told at 19 that you probably couldn't have children, which is also something that I find our medical system lumps you into a category of endometriosis, oh, probably can't have kids. And it's like, everything is always evolving. And because we can take charge of our own health now with naturopathic medicine, never say never. I mean, mean, we see it time and time again. I know so many people in the same boat that, you know, didn't think they could have children. And when they changed their environment, things around them, diet change, no matter what it was, all of a sudden they're, they're popping out babies left and right. And it's like, I don't like that whole, well, it's common that when you have this, you're just not going to be able to have kids. Yes. It it sets you up for feeling like you're in this box with no help. And then your body's broken. Broken. Right. And you know what? We're all flipping broken. Like we all have something, especially now with so many hormonal imbalances. I mean, I'm seeing it in men in their twenties. Yeah. And it's our environment for sure. But it's not just your menopause women of 50 and 60 now. It's it's perimenopause at 30, 29. And then we've got andropause and we've got men that are that are dealing with hormonal imbalances from a really young age. There's a lot of boys that aren't growing into be men as quick too. Like it's yeah. it's not just us women that are dealing with these things. So I'm really glad that we're starting to find other avenues of okay, medical system, traditional medical system. We get, we're in this box of normal and common. Let's talk about when you went to the naturopath. I was just like, it was like I was walking into this wonderland of hope because I had never even heard of naturopathic medicine until maybe it wasn't that long ago. It was, it, it was because it wasn't normal. And I mean, she did it from her house. It was, it was, it just wasn't the down the street clinic where there was like 10, you know, naturopaths. She hugged me and said, I'm sorry you're feeling this way. It must be really hard to have all of these symptoms and things and just be put to the side as this is something you're just going to need to deal with. And when she saw me, I realized there is hope and there is. And now we're kind of seeing the systems mesh a little bit where even my, my doctor now, female doctor, will say to me, your numbers are kind of normal go see your naturopath because she'll treat the symptoms and she'll help you to get it in balance. And what a beautiful world that can create because there is space. There is space for Western medicine and there is space for Eastern medicine. There is space for chiropractics and all of the things. And if they could work together, what a beautiful thing that would be for all of us. I'm so glad you had that experience with the naturopath because that's the same thing. I felt so heard and Mm -hmm. I was concerned because actually I was booked in with a man. And so I was like a little bit of, he's not going to understand, you know, I'm going to get pushed aside again. I have such like just PTSD for lack of a better term of going and seeing medical professionals now, even if it's for something completely unrelated, but something else I'm like, oh my gosh, they're not going to believe what I say. I better not use any smart words. Like it's a whole thing that I go through and I get terrible like anxiety about stepping into these spaces now, just from being so dismissed when I was younger. And so I walked into this space and instantly felt so heard, felt so understood, felt so validated in what I had been through 
because he was like, yes, that that's very common for women to go through that experience with what you're dealing with in this system. I'm here to help you see differently. I'm here to like understand you. And I'm here to show you that there is a root cause to everything and we're going to find it. And we're going to look at your gut health, your liver, your stress. What is your sleep like, Amy? Your stress must be through the roof though, because of just everything you're dealing with. It was so beautiful. And I was so grateful to find that space because it taught me a lot. Oh, that's so great. And now what, what would be like your biggest, your biggest takeaway for someone? If, if like your top two or three things, if someone's sitting in, in their, I just feel like no one's listening to me. Mm-hmm. I feel terrible. What, what's the thing that you're like, what do you got to do first? Where, where do we start? It has to be with you. There has to be a mindset shift. I've actually even changed my presentation that I give when I do my public speaking from less of the anatomy, the physiology to more of a mindset and belief, actually, because as women, we, if we don't believe something is possible for us, if we're in that, oh, this is normal, this is just the hand that I've been dealt, we're not going to stand firm for change. And so it is honestly my deepest belief that anyone can find help and heal their body because if I can honestly, anyone can. And it hurts my heart so much when I hear women say, oh, that's great for you. And that worked for you, but I can't be helped. You can, but you have to believe that first. You have to believe that it's possible, but Mm -hmm. also that it's possible for you. Those are very two different things sometimes to people. So believing that it's possible for you and that you're going to have that self-advocacy to keep pushing until you get the answers that you deserve to get. One modality didn't work for you. Great find the one that does. There are so many people out there that are going to help you when you find them. Well, and there's nothing special about me is what I say to people, just because I was able to find my balance. It didn't take me overnight. And, mm-hmm. and I think that's, that's another misconception is that we think that all of a sudden we find the naturopath or we find, we're like, all right, I got the, the BPA free, all the different chemicals, everything's gone. Why don't I feel better? It's been five minutes. Cause that's our society. <laughs> So yes. without, without patience, we tend to be like, oh, look, a squirrel, what's over there? And we don't stick the course in that it's going to take some time. It does. We have to give our body grace because as we make these adjustments, so even let's use cleaning up your external environment as an example, maybe you won't see things right away, but your body isn't concerned with what you superficially and objectively think is the problem, your symptoms. It's healing the deeper stuff that you might not even know what's going on. You might not have a a sense of the deeper things that need healed first so that you don't have these symptoms, but your body, when it starts to heal, it prioritizes those deeper things. So you have to give it time and the space it needs to do that so that you can keep building on those layers as it fixes from within. And so now someone that's, that knows their hormones are off, they know something is out of whack. Are you saying, go see a naturopath, go see your doctor, get your blood work. What are some of like the first couple steps that someone could take? Because I think we know when something's off, but I mean, we go on the old Google rabbit hole of, oh my gosh, is that what's wrong with me? Where I'm dying. You- it's cancer. <laughs> like, <God. laughs> yeah, yeah. I, that happens when I call my doctor and I'm like, I think I need this. And they're like, stay off of the, of the Google, right? What, what's the best place to start? With what feels best to you. Whatever step feels best to you, the, the first step is always the best step because as you take the steps, you're going to start feeling better because once we take control of our health, no matter what it is, that gets the ball rolling. So maybe you're not ready to go see somebody yet because maybe you've been seeing people and they're not 
understanding you. They're not hearing you yet. You haven't found the right person yet. So you're taking a break from that. Maybe you start looking at your hydration. Mm. Maybe you start looking at your gut health a little bit. One's honestly the biggest one that women can start tackling to begin with is their stress. If your stress hormones are through the roof, your progesterone is in the tank and your estrogen is doing all sorts of crazy things. And our body is as magical as they are. It doesn't understand stress on the level that we think it does. Our stress, if it's just our kids, traffic, things building up around the house, our body treats it like we're being chased by a bear still. <laughs> it treats it like we're in that fight or flight mode. And most women are living in that space of fight or flight, that heightened sympathetic nervous system. We're not flowing in and out of rest and digest into fight or flight when we need it and flowing back in. We're staying in this heightened fight or flight state. And I mean, yes, as an individual, you are probably kicking ass in this space. You're taking care of your children. You're doing all of the things, but I promise you, once you start serving yourself and you're giving from the space of like fulfillment and in that rest and digest, you would never go back to this. So tackling your stress and finding areas of control, like you, the things you have control over, let go of the things that you don't when you're dealing with your stress, those things have to go and find the things you do have control over so that you can just bring that stress down a little bit so that it's even easier to make the next decision, to decide what the next step is, to connect with someone who's ahead of you in that journey. That's another thing is finding a community, someone who's going to support you, who's been where you are and who has the results that you have. Go talk to those people. They're going to love on you. Well, and as much as I absolutely detest, I'm a social media hater and I'm on it because I'm an online coach, <laughs> but I'm going to say that if you have endometriosis, type that into Instagram and you will find some amazing groups of women that are either ahead of you or in the same, it doesn't mean we have to have the same problems, uh, hormonal imbalance groups. Like I cannot believe how many hormone mindset stress I mean, it doesn't matter what is going on with you now. There is something on social media. There's forums, there's communities where then instead of, because not all of us can afford naturopaths as well, it's not included in a lot of people's medical and it's costly. I added it up one year. Uh, it's not, you know, we can't all do it. You can be seen by someone in a, in a community group that says, girl, we are here for you. You are being heard by someone and this is not normal and come in our community where you can be not in not normal with the rest of us. Right. Yes. And you're not crazy and you're not acting, you know, out there. And it's, that's what I love about social media is the connection that is usually free and yes. that's for anybody. Mm -hmm. I encourage women to be very discerning in that space as well, though, because there's polar opposites of that. So there are groups that you can get into that are so supportive where you're going to feel heard and validated, but you're also going to be encouraged to make change. You're going to be encouraged to make positive steps forward. There are spaces, especially when you dive into chronic illness spaces where it's more of a victim state where this is where we are. This is the shitty hand we've been dealt and let's feed each other in our victimness and how we can't be helped. 
So there's a very, there's, you have to, when you're dealing with your stress and you're dealing with things where we talked about our external environment, the people around us are a huge part of our external environment health and who we're being exposed to. So be with the people, find the communities that fill your cup, the ones who make you feel like it's possible to be healthier, the ones who are raising the standards of what it means to be healthy as women and be in a collaborative community, as opposed to the ones who are, you know, this sucks. This is our life. You know, <laughs> Go down the rabbit hole. <laughs> right. You don't want to do that. You don't need those people. You want the troubleshooters too, that can say yes. here's, you know, and also we don't want to disregard medic medicine. I mean, yes, definitely still. I always tell my clients as much as I specialize in hormones, if you haven't had your blood work done in a long time, I can't see what your blood looks like and know what's going on in there. And even with natu- naturopaths, sometimes they do the right test. Sometimes they don't, but you actually have to go and ask them for that testing and say, this is what's feeling off. You do have to advocate for yourself and not try and self-diagnose just because so-and-so has the same symptoms as yes. you on Instagram. Yeah. That that power of self-advocacy and taking those steps for yourself give you that, that, that sense of, Hey, I can do this and I'm the one in charge. And you can, you can learn what tests to ask for. You can go and do all of these things. And I think it's important that you do, right? Because I mean, one in eight, we're both in Canada, one in eight women have a serious hormonal imbalance condition like endometriosis, PCOS, infertility in Canada is one in six couples right now. You know, cancer is one in four and breast cancer is almost at the top. Mm-hmm. right? Like there are shifts that need to be changed. A lot of that is external environment and there are questions we can ask. So it is just so important. Yes. To, to respect these spaces, but be respected in those spaces. Know that you deserve respect in those spaces as well. The time that I was the most you know, strong for myself was the time I almost died. I almost died from an internal bleed. Something had exploded on my ovary and I was told it was just my endometriosis. I kept getting sent home with deeper pain medications, higher pain level medications, being drugged into sleep and things when I knew it was different. Mm -hmm. I went in there and I kept saying, this isn't my usual pain. Yes, I have chronic pain. Yes, I have endometriosis. This feels different. And they kept telling me, no, Amy, it's your chronic pain. It is this. And I was like, you don't know. I know. I am asking you to do this test because this pain is different. And it was the fourth or fifth time in a week that I went in. And it was to the point where I was like, I'm not leaving because it feels like I'm dying. And I don't normally feel like I'm dying actually. (laughs) It's just extreme on another level. And I finally got someone to listen to me at the hospital and they gave me an ultrasound and I was rushed into surgery because I had an internal bleed. I was dying. And had I not stood in that ground and in that space and went home with a heavier drug, like who knows what would have happened. So like, that was that moment that shifted for me where someone will never be able to tell me again, what my body is going through. It's so true. And, and unfortunately, because I do have a lot of friends in the medical field, they're just immune to a lot now. So if we don't yell and get seen, unfortunately we will be missed. And the same thing happened to me. I knew something was off as women, we push it down. Oh, this is just normal. And I was crawling along a hospital floor and two doctors stepped over top of me to go past me to go continue working. It was the third male doctor who said, are you kidding? We are stepping over a woman on the ground in pain. We need to get this woman an ultrasound right away. Scooped me up, took me away. But I was told to go home. 
Yeah. If, if we don't just say enough of normal, enough of common, it, I'm not going to take that anymore. I want mm-hmm. somebody helping me. I want somebody, or we're going to die. I mean, you almost yeah. died. Yeah. Yeah. And I do, I have such grace and respect for that system because they see everything and they deal with all sorts of people with all sorts of things. So I do understand, but there's still, there's no excuse though, for the lack of empathy, that lack of, of service that we are there for. And I do, I I have deep respect for the system. It's literally saved my life Mm. a few times. I've had many things (laughs) from the stem of what this is, my endometriosis. So I've needed that system and I'm grateful that it's been there but it was a very, it's very reactive. It's not proactive. And so when we can be proactive ourselves for our health and use that system when it's needed, that's, you know, the world and life that I want to create. Well, and I mean, the medical, the traditional medical system treats disease. It treats, here's the, the actual diagnosis, not symptoms. So when there's other things going on, that's when we have to start to explore because feel better are two words. I wish I could get tattooed on my forehead. Doesn't matter anything else that's happening. I say it so many times. I'm like, I'm just going to tattoo feel better. It doesn't matter what you're doing for your fitness program. If you don't feel good doing it, it doesn't matter what your periods are doing. Any of that stuff, you should still feel good. It should not consume your life. So everything that we're doing, eating food should make you feel good. If you're bloated and you're constipated and you, you know, can't go like, that's not really serving you. Do you feel better? Right. (laughs) Oh my gosh. I knew you and I were meant to connect. I joke about (laughs) tattooing my forehead all the time. That's hilarious. Well, I mean, it's hard because I'm a fitness coach and everybody, that's why I've shifted more to empowerment and life because Fitness is such a small part. It's so easy to give workouts to people. It's so easy to prescribe nutrition. It's everything else. It's are your hormones in check? Are you feeling good? Are you sleeping? How's your stress? And for what you said as well, what are the external things that are happening to maybe throw all of that off? Because again, if you don't feel good, nothing else matters. Yeah. And it is, it's hard to work out right? Yes. Like you said, you could give someone an exercise routine for sure. But if they're not in that space, you know, mentally, externally, there's all these things you're right. It is. It's, it's a, it's a holistic system that needs to happen for people's physical health. And again, it's that feedback loop. If you're taking care of yourself physically, it is going to help you internally and all of those things. But if you can't get there because your, your mentality is off because your internal belief system, which stands for BS for a reason (laughs) is is not aligned with that just now, it's not going to hit home. And so Mm -hmm. I, I respect the hell out of what you're doing because it's that mindset and empowerment that needs to come in for women so that we can have these healthy shifts and understand what it means to feel healthy and vibrant as women, instead of constantly feel like we're faking that or chasing it. Mm. That's a good, that's almost a mic drop moment. (laughs) The BS one. What's your, what's your, we've got to kind of sum this up. What's your final mic drop moment to just throw the audience? Like here's what you got to hear. Drop the mic. I'm out of here. Your body is doing the best it can with what you are giving it. Sometimes that's a hard truth to hear, but when you can take it as that means I have control, then it's a beautiful thing. It's a beautiful perspective to have because our body is, it's doing its best with what it can what it's given, what you're feeding it, what you're exposing it to, all of those things we covered today. 
when those things can shift and you have control over those things, your body will shift, your vibrancy, your joy, everything that you're doing, it'll ripple out and it'll ripple in. My book was called Rescue Your Own Damn Self, as is this podcast. And this episode absolutely embodies all of that. You are in control. You aren't the damsel in distress in the tower. Poor me with my period and my imbalanced hormones. You have the ability to rescue your own damn self by knowing that you're in control of all the stuff that's going on in your external environment and around you by advocating for yourself when you know something's off, by taking control of finding that balance in your hormones, which your hormones are the most important pillar in your whole kingdom. And when you do that, you live sassily ever after. Oh my gosh. I can't wait to read your book. (laughs) Thank you so much for coming on. You'll be back on. I, I guarantee it. I, you're my soul sister. I know that. And We'll have you again because I could sit here and talk about periods and hormones and vaginas all day long. We could probably just do one on endometriosis by itself. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Oh my gosh. We could talk about a period for. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) We'll have wine next time. Perfect. (laughs) Thanks, Amy. Appreciate it. Thanks so much for listening, friends. For more sassy and magical adventures, be sure to check out my website, lorimork.com. Or follow me on Instagram at Lori.Mork. Be sure to subscribe to this podcast where each and every week we release a new episode featuring queens, kings, divas, vixens, gods and goddesses, and just some totally awesome guests who are ruling their kingdom and narrating their own feisty fairy tales. It's time to rescue your own damn self and live sassily ever after.